0: Good morning. Welcome to the New Hope Church Daily Devotional. My name is Howard Agnew, and I am the Alvin Campus Pastor. And I'll tell you what, I'm just excited as I get to join in on our journey through the book of Romans. As Pastor Tim has mentioned, Romans is just chock full of theology and presentations of the gospel. Lots and lots of good stuff in there. So in just a few minutes, we'll be diving into chapter three, following Pastor Jeremy finishing up chapter two yesterday. But if you have never been with us before for one of our devotionals, basically, we're just getting together every morning at 8 a.m. except for Sunday when we have our regular service at 9.45 and we're just reading through the Bible. Now, we'll stop a few times when I have a thought or something I wanna share, but Basically, we're just letting God's Word do what God's Word does. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, as 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. But before we get started, I just want to ask you this. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Hopefully, you're, you're good and, and you're making it through this thing okay. Uh, we've obviously all been inconvenienced to some extent, But some of us have been having an even harder time, some of us a really, really hard time due to jobs or a a business you're trying to keep afloat, or maybe you're working in the medical field or an essential business and you're just trying to stay healthy and not bring something home to your family. Or maybe you've been cut off from people and family and significant relationships and, and you're just feeling alone and all by herself. I prayed with a young lady this past Sunday after church, and and, and she said that she just felt so disconnected and unplugged and and so unable to talk to anybody about what she was feeling and dealing with, and she had been sinking further and further into this hole of, of isolation, so much so that she had even begun feeling distant from God and wondered how God could even love her at all. And I'm just telling you, that's why it's so important to keep on doing what we're doing, staying in God's word, connecting with one another, even if it's in an online chat environment or on the phone, or, or especially in one of our new online life groups. If you haven't gotten connected to one of those yet, then just text LG, Life Groups, LG, to our short code 642-123, 642-123. Text LG to 642-123, and you'll get a link to our new group finder. And then you can just browse through all the groups. We've got over 200 new groups that have started just for this purpose. And you can find one that is meeting, online meeting, at a time and a date that's good for you or even including locations like zip codes and subdivisions and parts of town in the group finder so you can look to connect with people that live in your area if that's what you'd like to do. I'm just telling you guys, it's so important that we stay connected during this time. And it's important that we continue to hang on to three things. God loves us, God is bigger than our problems, and God wins. Can I get an amen on that? Remember, we'd love to know where you're joining us from. So let us know down in the comment section. And I just want to say this. Don't be afraid to share a prayer request on there either. We've got a lot of great folks on here, and it's been a tremendous blessing for me to see how we're rallying around each other and we're praying for one another. All right, so we're going to get into our text. We're in Romans three. And this first section is titled God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness. So if you were here yesterday, then you remember that Pastor Jeremy was talking about how Paul was kind of laying into the Jewish members of the church by saying that that merely hiding behind their Jewish heritage and and their following the Jewish laws and customs that, hey, that wasn't going to gain them salvation. He said it wasn't just about circumcision or following the law. It was about a circumcised heart. And then I love this line, the gospel needs to go more than skin deep. Amen. The gospel needs to go more than skin deep because it's not about what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside. Now, now Paul knows at this point, he's kind of pushed the Jewish members back on their heels a little bit, right? And he knows what they're thinking. He knows the questions they're now asking. And that's how chapter three starts. Let's look in verse one. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? But then Paul's very quick to say, much in every way. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. So Paul is obviously referring to scripture here, what we would call the Old Testament. But but it's funny, look, look at all of the special revelations and relationships that God has had with the Jewish people. He has provided for them and protected them and enjoyed this this very special association with them for thousands of years. So Paul's saying, yes, yes, there is an advantage to being a Jew. All right, picking up in verse three. But what if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? So once again, we look back at Israel's history and you can just see it over and over. They would fall away from God And then God would punish them and he would welcome them back into his arms. And then they would do it again, fall away, get punished, welcome them back, fall away, get punished, welcome them back over and over and over. And the point is, is while Israel was often unfaithful to God, God was always faithful. And let me tell you this. He still is today. God is still faithful today. As Psalm 119 reminds us, it says, your faithfulness endures to all generations. So God is still faithful. And that's what Paul was saying here in verse four when he answered them, he said, not at all. Let God be true and every human being a liar. So Paul's basically meaning that that God is always true and every human being is a liar. And then he quotes Psalm 51 as it is written so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. And then Paul, once again, he asks a question that he knows that the Jewish members are already thinking. In Verse five, he says, but if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say that God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. So did you catch that? If what we do wrong is what makes God look so good, then aren't we really helping God? Doesn't this just mean that he's just a little bit unjust when he punishes us? So Paul's kind of mocking them there. And I love that he says, hey, I'm using a human argument here just in case anyone thought he really meant it. But he answers his own question like this in verse 6. He says, "Certainly not!" exclamation point. "Certainly not." If that were so, how could God judge the world?" Someone might argue, "If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, Let us do evil that good may result. And then Paul sums it up. Their condemnation is just. So Paul is saying, hey, hey, don't confuse the issue. Unrighteousness deserves condemnation. Just because God is able to bring good out of it doesn't mean that they're not wrong for doing it. God is just. And so their condemnation is just. And then Paul goes into one of the absolute harshest reality checks you'll ever find. He begins to explain to them that not only are Jews and Gentiles on the same level, but that our level is severely lacking. This one is called, this section is called, No One is Righteous. Starting in verse 9. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin, as it is written. Now this next part is kind of a summation of a bunch of different places in in the Old Testament. But it says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now, hearkening back to Jeremy's point yesterday about our our physical bodies not being able to save us, Paul begins to chip away even more at the Jews' false sense of security, exposing even further the, the sinfulness of our bodies and showing how every part somehow contributes to our condemnation. Think about it. It's not like we have some fully righteous parts of our body and other sinful parts. It's not like my feet can be righteous and then my hands be sinful. No, all of our parts work together to our downfall. Picking up in verse 13. Their throats are open graves. Ouch. Their their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. So, all of this little section of verses, all of these are explaining the sinfulness of, of our mouths, the way we speak, the things we say, and, and how we don't control our own mouths. Then in verse 15, Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. and the way of peace, they do not know. So this is about our conduct. It's about the way we act, about where we go and what we do. And then verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. And I'm just saying, wow, that's the final blow. Not only uh, can we not control our mouths or our conduct, we don't even see God. As believers, we're supposed to see Him in everything, right? We're we're supposed to see everything as belonging to Him, including ourselves and, and all we have. But instead, Paul says, we can't see Him at all. Think about that for a second. Apart from Christ, we can't even see God. Now back to our text, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says... It says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So, Paul is pointing out that the law, and a couple things about it, that one, that it was only applied to the people who were under it. That means the Jews. The law didn't apply to the Gentiles. They weren't under the law, but it applies to the Jews. But even then, following the law is not what saves you. Following the law was only meant to show you where you needed to get better. That's it. It wasn't to uplift you. It was to bring you down. The law was meant to, to give context to God's standards and to point out how impossible it is for man to measure up to God. How about that as a pick-me-up? <laughs> now, I can tell you that definitely the rest of chapter three has some tremendously good news in it, but we're going to have to save that for tomorrow. Now, I I know that that parts of this section seemed harsh, but I also know that you can't get somebody to move unless they know the place they're standing is not where they need to be. And that's where the Jews were. They had been lulled into complacency. You know what? I think we can still get lured into some sense of entitlement. The whole idea of, well, you know, I'm better than, than most people, or I'm, I'm, I'm definitely better than those guys, or, you know, hey, I, I'm a good person. I, I like to help people. And then all of a sudden what happens is we begin to substitute our standards and our sense of what's right and wrong and acceptable and unacceptable for God's standard. And what Paul is telling the church in Rome is, if you're putting your saving faith in the law, or in anything except Jesus, then you've got no chance, no chance. You know what, that message hasn't changed. And, and in fact, with all of this stuff that's going on in our world right now, how, how, how everything that once was normal is now disheveled and, and, and everything that seemed set is, is now fluid or in limbo. It, it's created this huge sense of uncertainty and I know that it affects all of us. I'm gonna ask you, am I gonna be able to use any of the Astros tickets that I already purchased this year? My wife's birthday is in July, and I had planned on on taking her to a play that night for her birthday and out to eat. Should I feel safe buying these tickets or, or making reservations? My youngest son recently got engaged. Woo, hallelujah, awesome. And they have no idea how to plan for a wedding in the midst of all this and maybe you've got stuff too. Maybe your life or your plans have been put on hold and it feels like there's not a single thing you can count on. But I have one, Jesus. Jesus did what He did so that you would have life, life with Him for all eternity come what may, here on this earth. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying that this life isn't important. It is important, but this is the pregame. This is the warm-up. Jesus invites you to be with Him for the main event. And if you haven't accepted the invitation, do it today, do it today. Admit that you can't do it on own. that you can't trust your own skin, your own abilities or your own standards even and ask him to be your savior. I'm gonna pray in just a second. and, And as we pray, just give in. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Ask him to bring peace into your confusion, community into your loneliness. Ask him to do what only he can do. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you today acknowledging that you are the one thing, the one thing we can count on. You are the one thing that can save us, not our abilities, not our actions, not anything that we can take credit for. It is is you alone. Help us, Lord, to hold on to you in these crazy times. Help us to look to you for the stability and the community that we all long for. Lord, help us to be ready to, to share that confidence and that hopefulness with others when we're given the opportunity. Lord, we pray for everybody that's dealing with this whole COVID-19 and all the various situations, especially people working in the medical field and other essential businesses. Help keep them safe, Lord. Be with everybody who's dealing with financial hardships, be it losing a job or losing hours or, or owning a business that's struggling. And Lord, help every single person out there who is lonely or depressed or crippled with fear. Help them, Lord, find comfort and peace. Help them connect with other people. And together, Lord, as iron sharpens iron, we will get through this. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us, man. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to text LG, for Life Groups, LG to 642123 and get the link to the Life Group Binder. Do it right now. Do it right now. Let me tell you, nobody has too many people worrying about them. We can all use more of that. Get connected to a group. Even in these weird circumstances, we can still do life together. Do it now.